Welcome to Teal of Interiors, a holistic approach to interior design. I'm Dee. And I'm Alicia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Teal of Interiors. Listen, guys, I miss you so much. I don't know if I can do this twice a month thing. I know. We got to do it more often. It's a lot. It's a lot, though. It's a lot, but I miss everybody. I wonder if you guys miss us too. If you do, you know, at the end of the episode, or no, I'm sorry, in our show notes, if you're listening on Spotify, at the bottom of it, it says, what did you think of this episode? Let us know if you missed us or not. I want to know. I missed you guys. So anyway, Alicia girl, you know I need to know what you sipping on. I am having something so yummy. So my cousin who travels often went to Oklahoma and bought me back from the urban tea house she bought me back a a bunch of wonderful teas and you know I always talk about how I love coconut I am having the coconut pineapple blend and it's wonderful and I wanted you to taste it but you chose something different what'd you choose I chose sweet almond so good and to put so, in your words, it's the bomb. It really is. So yummy. It really is. It's just so flavorful. It's like, I, I don't even know how they made it like that. It's so good. Yes, it's really good. Thank you to your cousin. Alina Bibby. Alina, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Alina. All right. So let's move on to these randomness. What you got for us, girl? Okay, Alicia. You know, <laughs> this past year, I've been busting my home. And I've been working a lot, right? Yes. A lot. Yeah. A lot, yeah. Did you know there was a woman in China that held 16 jobs for three years and never showed up to work? She got arrested, actually. She has been exposed as having a massive wage fraud scheme because she held 16 jobs at once. She brought in an estimated $7 million in fake workers. And wage fraud is a massive problem in China with at least 700 gangs working the system. Basically, what happened was she hired these 53 people to do all these jobs, but everything was under her name, her W-2. She got her first job during the pandemic, and it was like a high-level executive job. Virtual. Had to be virtual, clearly. it It was virtual because it was during a pandemic. And then she got a second high-level job, and she got her husband to do that one. And then... She got a third job and it just kept happening and happening and she couldn't do all those jobs. Can't be more in one place more than once, more than one place at a time, rather. And she ended up hiring 53 other people to take on all these 16 jobs she had. They were basically like assistants. She was kind of like a headhunter, I guess you could say. I have no idea. She's a damn genius. First of all, wanted to know, sitting here listening to this and I'm like, oh my God, genius. Listen. If you could do 10 jobs and find out who to outsource that work to, oh my God, she's really smart. Why? Yeah. They, why? So talk to me. Why did they arrest her? What was it that they said was the issue? She passed the job on to her friend and she just took a commission <laughs> from that friend. And then it kept going like that. Then she hired another friend and got commission from that friend and kept going and kept going and kept going. She couldn't figure out how to like handle all these jobs i mean she could have said no and then just said well i have the perfect candidate for you and you pay me and they'll come work for you or whatever 
but they bought an apartment in Shanghai with their earnings, which were funneled through multiple bank accounts. I guess somehow that's fraud. Well, I, I guess it's fraud because she wasn't actually working in jobs, but these were all remote jobs. And the scheme involved hundreds of companies. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Because <laughs> a lot of people were doing this and it's like a massive issue in China, but I think she had the most jobs ever. That is interesting. I Listen, that's the, well, not the first, but that is one of the most fascinating D's randomness extravaganza I've heard in a minute. I'm feeling that thing, though. I'm like, wait a minute, she's still hurt. That's crazy. I don't know. Three is like a max. How many did you say? 16. Girl, she was doing the most. She was absolutely doing the most. What are we talking about today? Okay, Alicia, we are going to talk about something that I get asked several times a week, I'd say, mm -hmm. or a day, maybe. Okay. That is, what is this rug made out of? How do I care for it? And what's the benefits of having this you know, this rug or how do I pick a rug or where do I start? I thought today we would do like a rug 101 guide. Everybody, if you're listening and you're able to, I think you're going to need to grab a pen and paper so you can jot down some of these notes if you ever had some of these questions. Alicia, I know you wanted to talk about some things too. Did you want to start or did you want me to start? Start, I have no problem. I, I'm going to ask you some questions because I'm thinking about all the stuff that I've been asked over the years and what challenges people the most about area rugs. I only have a few things I want to present to you and see how you would handle it. Okay. The first thing that I want to talk about is I want to talk about the what rugs are made out of, basically. Okay. A lot of times, a lot of the rugs that we sell, they are wool hand knotted wool the rugs they're custom made they're unique of course because they're done by hand and so they take several months to come in because of course they're made overseas and people are always just like okay what does hand knotted mean i'm going to explain to our listeners a hand knotted rug is basically custom because each one is not going to be the same although they have a basic you know, formula and design that they're going to make with the rug. But these are skilled weavers. Every knot in the rug is intricately tied by hand, okay? And then it's shaved at the end to make it the pile even. What was great about hand-knotted rugs are that, like I said, none of them are the same. They're not going to be exactly a five by eight, you know? It's like plus or minus three inches that they're allowed. There's no machines. And they can use wool, natural, other natural fibers, or synthetic materials. That's a hand-knotted rug. Then there's shag rugs. Some people say to me, like, when should they use a shag rug? And I'm like, you know, shag rugs are pretty cool in any space that you're looking to be, like, either chic or if you're going for, like, Moroccan style or something just very laid back and, you know, funky or whatever. These rugs also maybe hand knotted, and they can also be made by machine. They're usually wool. I have a shag rug. It's not handmade, it's machine made. Mine has a synthetic construction, you know, and do most of the shag rugs on the market unless you want to spend the money for a hand knotted or a handmade one. These are great for like bedrooms and nurseries because they have a thicker pile. But if you're looking to step down on something soft in the morning, that's why I have a shag rug in my room because I like the softness first thing in the morning. Then you have a flat weave. Flat weave rugs, those are created on a loom by hand and they're always usually a low pile. 
these are good for like your kitchen, you know, somewhere where you're going to need more durability or under furniture. Let's say sometimes maybe like a living room where there's not as much of the rug going to be exposed for you to walk on or you don't mind or you have a high traffic living area situation. I would recommend one of these. And they're also very durable because of their low pile. It makes them easy to clean. Machine made rugs, they're more consistent in their pile and color and everything like that. And they range from different styles and, you know, you can get them flat weave as well. They're usually made of synthetic materials like polypropylene and things like that. And they're usually easier to clean, durable. The other thing people ask me about is like, okay, the makeup. Like, why should I get a wool rug? Almost every rug we sell is made out of wool. Wool does shed a lot. And if you have hardwood floors, it could be a pain. Right, Alicia? That's right. You had that Flacati uh, rug. <laughs> but yours never seemed to stop shedding, which is weird. Yeah, it's long gone now. I put it on the curb. Anyway, usually wool rugs should stop shedding once they're new within a matter of weeks with regular vacuuming. That's one thing. Wool is a natural fiber, and some people don't use it because it's not considered vegan. But wool is a natural fiber, which means it's going to be a little bit easier to clean. And like if liquids or something spills on it, it's not going to actually damage the wool because think about it, it's hair, right? Right. The other thing that we use in our rugs is viscose. Viscose, it's a synthetic fiber sometimes because sometimes they make it out of plant. They have plant-based vegetal silk, which is kind of like viscose. But viscose is a synthetic fiber. It was made to look like silk and it has like a high sheen. And a lot of times they mix it with wool that even though the wool colors can be vibrant, it just adds another dimension. It doesn't seem flat, especially if it has like a design or something or a pattern. But kind of brings it to life. The only thing is that if you spill liquid or something on it and it's a lot, it can crush the rug and you can actually ruin it. It's not good on moisture or stains. I only recommend those in like very low traffic areas, like your bedroom or a formal living room, somewhere where you're not going to eat or have much traffic. There's other materials, but those are the main two that I want to talk about. There's jute, which is very easy to maintain. It's great for high traffic areas. That's a natural fiber. It's strong. It wears well. And then, like I said, the polypropylene or recycled, they call it, fibers. Those are usually machine made and they're they're durable for like spills and things like that. If you have a pet, those are going to be better. You wouldn't use any of those other rugs with an animal in the house. What happens when you have people, you know, clients or anybody who asks you, what size should I get for, let's say, the dining room table? And what size should I get for the living room? That's always a question that I get. And people are, are very confused about the scale or the size or how much of the area rug should be showing. Okay. The first thing that I always tell people is it depends how you like your furniture. I like my furniture to sit on my rug. Like, for example, my living room. If you notice, all my furniture is actually on my rug. Mm. The sofa, everything. And it's large enough. I did that because I wanted the room to feel more expansive. If I used a smaller rug, like a 5x8, because it's only a 90-inch sofa, a 5x8, and it's an L. But if I used a 5x8 and put the front legs on the rug and part of the chaise part, then I'd only have an area rug in the middle, and then the rest would be wood. And it 
in my small space, it would kind of dwarf it. Instead, I used a 10 by 14. All my furniture could sit on the rug and it makes it look larger because it truly defines that specific area of the room. Or you could decide to have it half on, half off, but you're going to allow 18 inches of space between your sofa and your coffee table. Always be sure to measure that. I like 20 inches between 18 and 20. I feel like Getting a larger rug makes your room look bigger and it helps this makes it look more open and less cluttered. And you know I'm all about the less cluttered. But you have to figure out how big your sofa and all your furniture is going to take up. And then from there, you got to measure to see how big you need it to allow all your furniture to sit on it or how big it would need to be for the furniture to sit half on it, half off of it, depending on your, your the size of your room. For your bedroom now... If you have a queen size bed, an 8 by 10 usually works. Or some people like to do runners on the side and in the front. I think just go with the 8 by 10 rug. Right. You're going to need to leave 8 to 10 inches between the rug and your nightstands because you want the rug to come up by your nightstand. They don't go under it, but just like by it. You could do 3 by 5 feet rugs on either side of the bed, or you can do an 8 by 10 also for twin beds if you have twin beds and then you have a nightstand in between look or you would do a 3 by 5 rug in between those but I think it always looks better when you define the room with an area rug for me it adds color or just another dimension and layer to your room and it just feels more cozier plus it helps with echo when it comes to your dining room now you're gonna need to allow at least like two feet of space around all sides this way you could pull a chair out when it comes to your dining table you're going to measure measure your chairs and then you're going to get a rug large enough to make sure everything fits on the rug there's no half one and half off for dining tables right you would agree i agree i agree (laughs) it would have to be pretty almost as big as the dining room unless the dining room is huge and you're only doing a small table in the center i can't imagine that but you want you want the rug to be fairly large so that you can see it because the table unless it's a glass table the table is typically kind of dense if it's you know wooden or whatever you're not going to be able to see through the glass so you're going to miss a lot of the style or design or the whatever movement or print whatever is going on in, in the rug you may miss most of that unless you can actually see it beyond the table and chair right exactly yes okay next question big question i get all the time how do i clean it how do i keep it clean because typically these are spaces that we use every day and we want to make sure that this is what the client usually says we want to make sure that the cleaning so a lot of times i have clients who want sisal or jute or some type of a rug that is a natural fiber and they're like i i have no idea how to clean that like they they say it's they're probably going to have to throw it out when it gets too dirty what do you say about that especially if they have children and animals so you're stoked it's great for like high traffic but you don't want to spill too much moisture or liquids on these it's not the best option if you have like pets you know or where you might you might spill something on it if you get it dirty it's very hard it's really hard i put a professional cleaner i had that for years in a dining room and it was hard to clean it was very well made Mm -hmm. it was in the dining room i had like a kitchen dining 
area. And I had it under the table and the chairs. And it was it was a Ralph Lauren area rug and it had the the banding on the outside. You mm-hmm. know, it was nicely bound, but it wasn't easy. To, it wasn't easy. We, you know, usually with that, you just vacuum yeah, and spot clean. And spot clean. You could try to spot clean it with vinegar. And like, I would say like the slightest bit of water because it can't take moisture. You know, and you'd have to use a microfiber cloth. You can't use anything abrasive. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the number one and number two question. And yeah. then a lot of my, I, oh, this is number three. Can I do an area rug when my children or I, client might say, have a tendency to suffer allergies, suffer from allergies? It depends what they're allergic to. Like, are you allergic to wool? Like, but you know. this is their this is their concern. All of those area rugs, they don't do carpeting at all. They'll say, well, because I'll always try to encourage them to do an area rug. And they'll say, well, what about dust mites and pet dander and mold spores and pesticides and dirt and dust? And, and it's like, oh, man. Is that like a no-no for people who have allergies or are concerned about these things that I just listed? Yeah, I mean, the only thing, I, I don't know what they would be allergic to, you know, because everybody's have different allergens. But as far as like the dust mites, I wouldn't worry about that because if you're regularly maintaining your home, as far as the carpets are concerned, you don't have to worry about dust mites. Because remember, dust mites like to eat your skin. They can't really get to your skin on the rugs. They're going to be in your bed. You need to be more concerned about using allergen covers on your mattresses and in your bed and cleaning your sheets often than the rug. And then I would stay away from cotton because cotton attracts different types of creeper crawlers, which could cause you to have some allergens because of their dander. I would go machine made. and Like like tightly woven? Yeah, but not not loose, like not a shag. Yeah, not a shag, but not only that, like you want to go with a cleaner alternative, like, okay, you could do a synthetic, but like tinsel, it's made from, it's made from tree fiber and it has a nice luster and shine, but it doesn't really have any known mites or whatever. Cause you know, like you get the carpet beetles, I would say go with like a machine made rug with a low, that way there's nothing really coming off because you know, machine made rugs, they don't really shed unless you buy a cheap one. If you buy like a well-made one and probably a hand knotted rug would be good also because, you know, the real low pile one, hand hand knotted, because it's so tightly woven that, again, you're not going to have to worry about dust or shedding because of the way that it's made. And the pile is low. That's a really good thing. And you don't have to worry about like carpet beetles. And stuff. Okay. But if you do okay. worry about carpet beetles, if people are listening like, yeah, I think I saw like a beetle before my rug. All you have to do is use some baking soda. You sprinkle it all over your wool rug and then you vacuum it up. It's not going to all come up, but you won't see it or feel it. But it will deter those carpet beetles coming back. And you'll be done with okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the number one reason for using area rugs? In my opinion, I feel that it anchors the space. So I think it warms the space up. It makes it feel like it's, you know, complete. And it has a confined area and it feels like it's supposed to be there. I love to use area rugs. I think they're very helpful in, you know, creating a very warming environment. 
Yeah, I I agree. But, you know, I do have a client that she doesn't like rugs. She doesn't like area rugs at all. One, she thinks about the dirt, like what you just said. She thinks about the dirt, the bulbs, the allergens, the shedding. She thinks about all of that, and she just doesn't want to be bothered. I don't even know why I didn't mention to her flat weave, but she just doesn't like rugs at all. I think it also helps with, like, not making your space feel as hollow, you know? And like you said, it warms up the space. It anchors it. It gives it another level, another layer of dimension and texture. But if you have allergens or if you just have an aversion to rugs, I understand. I get it. Well, I think we touched on some things. Clearly, we did not do everything that everyone, you know, would want to know about when thinking about whether they should use it or not use an area rug, whether they, you know, I think color is a big conversation about. I I love neutrals. You know, I'm not going to say pop of color with area rugs is the thing to do, but I've seen it done very tastefully. Very, very colorful, deep, saturated colors. Friend of mine, a friend of ours, you know her too. I was over her house last night and she was like, you've got to see this. And she likes to heavily accessorize. She was saying, you know, I don't know what's going on with a lot of these interior spaces. She said, I want to just like throw everything out because it's making me think that there's a trend towards over decorating, having all of these layers of pattern and textures and color and Yeah, it was a lot going on when I watched the episode with her. I don't know if it's a trend. I I don't want to, I don't want to claim that. But how do you feel about like rich, deep, saturated color in area rug? Well, I want to touch on something you said. You know, some designers are just maximalists. Mm -hmm. You know, they think more is more and less is a bore. Mm -hmm. And I'm the person that thinks that less is more and Mm -hmm. too much is a bore. You know, like where do I put my eyes? Like most people, especially now, and I think after the pandemic too, I think people have been re- reevaluating things. We have a lot of visual distractions. We're overloaded with visuals. You know, you walk down the street. If you live in New York, you're overloaded with Jersey anywhere, basically, where it is like a town and shopping malls and stuff. You're overloaded. You're overloaded with sales signs. You're overloaded with colors. Overloaded. Your brain is overloaded. I think what happens is we develop like this fatigue toward colors and visual elements in our home. We just want to relax. We just want to break because once we walk outside the door, we're going to be bombarded by images again. I don't Mm -hmm. have a problem with deep saturated colors if it's done sparingly and like you said, tastefully. I'm actually designing an apartment right now that I finished accessorizing with the rugs, added the rug touch. One rug is very soothing and calming. And then the rug that I put under the dining table has a lot of movement and it's very interesting. It has beautiful color, but the colors are green different green it's monochromatic sort of <laughs> it's like mostly green to lighter greens and then like some beiges i'll show it to you it's a really nice rug but it has green mm-hmm. but the rest of the place you know all the walls are going to be white he likes artwork i want the walls to have like nice artwork to shine and everything is very minimally decorated i didn't overdo it with like a table here a table there heap table 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 i did like cocktail tables you know i did floor lamp not even a lot I did a couple of custom built-ins and I did like things that were practical, but they look like artwork. So mm-hmm. they had multi-function. But I also put them in colors that were not going to say, hello, look at me. I think it depends on the space and 
I think it really depends on the person. You know, yeah. want to see color because it makes them happy, especially a certain color. When it comes to like accessories, it could just be too much. You don't want to live in a home good. Take some of those accessories out and put the really, really gorgeous ones that every time you see you like, ah, oh, I love those pieces. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. You don't need a lot. Yeah. It'll feel real small and cramped quickly. That's how I, I feel. agree. I just want to say thank you so much for being supportive of this podcast. It's been a long journey, you know. We've been mm -hmm. doing this for two years now. If you haven't given us a review, please do so as long as it's five stars. If it's not five stars and you totally hate us, email me the hate. I'd like to have a conversation with you. A nice one because I don't really care. It's your opinion and I, it's fine. But only the five stars. But let us know by email. Hello at this.com. I love reading your emails when I have time. I love answering mm -hmm. them. Wonderful. <laughs> All right, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you so much. Yes, thank you for listening. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So share with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. We'll see you next week. Nice job, ladies. Carry on. <laughs>